Welcome to the latest episode of the Assorted Digital Ramblings podcast, a monthly hour-long special all about the ever-evolving world of digital marketing. Every month, we use the great minds of our staff at Click-Through Marketing to discuss what's going on in the world of marketing, utilising relevant news topics and providing expert opinion. I'm your host, Chris, and joined by Liv for the first episode of a new year. We're back for the first time in 2023. Liv, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. What's Good. new? Just ill. Ill all the bloody time. Don't have a day off from being ill. The, uh, my team keeps laughing that I'm more sick than I am. Well, um, which is really <laughs> true. Um, other than that, though, just living the dream. Just absolutely living the dream. Uh, going on holiday next week. Where are you going? Gdansk. In, in Poland. In Poland, yeah. I was just have trying to remember where that was. I have, I've never been to Poland, no. No. Uh, well... I, I didn't pick it, Ellis picked it, um, and I don't know why he picked it to bless him, like, I'm happy to go, but everyone that I spoke to is like, why are you going there? And I'm just like, I don't know. Um, but we've splashed out and we've got a sauna in the room. Um, okay. So, very, very excited for Ellis, because I don't like saunas, but he does. So. No, I don't like saunas. I'll just be sat just... on the outside, just <laughs> uncomfortably. On. I don't like being uncomfortably hot. No, it's horrible. And it's just the air tastes thick, and it's just, mm. oh, it's disgusting. Um, what about you, though? You've had lo- loads on, haven't you? Well, we've got a new addition to the family, haven't we? Baby. Yeah. Not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks in, she's doing all right. I've had to take her out of the room because she was trying to get something from under the cupboard and I was on a call just to sort of tune one of the kids' sandals. So, nice. yeah. Other than that, she's doing all right, yeah. She's doing we're, all sti- right. we're still on Nelly? We're still on Nelly, yeah. The that... name caused a lot of arguments, so yeah. we're, we're sticking with Nelly now. We should have had a... Um... tantrums. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Sweepstake of names and just, like planted it in uh, in the little one's heads and sort of like said you need to call on this so we can win a fiver um, you can do that we can do it for the next dog okay yeah cool happy love it I'll get thinking now um this week this month this month's podcast we've got um an amazing guest from uh, the land of content um and it's the amazing Beth Massey. Hey, Beth. How are you? Oh, thanks. I'm good, thanks. And I still I still don't know who Beth Massey is, <laughs> even though I've been married for, like, seven months. You say Massey, I'm like, who's that? Do you know, I, was, I couldn't but, remember. Yeah. You made a name the other day. I was trying to remember it. You popped in my head. I was like, what was she called before she was Massey? And I couldn't <laughs> remember. Was it Whitehead? Whitehead. Yeah, Whitehead. it was Whitehead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got there in the end. Yeah, but, no. So, here I am. Do you know the weird thing? Scared, but <laughs> like normally you choose your signature like the age of thirteen, and then you're stuck with it, aren't you? But you got to choose a whole new signature. That's Me? Like, yeah. What do you mean? We've got a new surname, so you get to choose a new signature. Oh right, I can't remember the last time I wrote my name. Oh really? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> you don't do it that? too much anymore, do you? I suppose. Oh, no, no, but yeah, I know what you mean. That's an interesting thought, actually. 
I want to get married yeah. so I can change my signature because I want to what, try. What will your surname be? If Ellis is the unlucky man, what will your, what will your surname oh, be? It's actually dead sexy. Adelaide. Olivia Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's, oh. yeah, that's nice. But I think it sounds quite regal, to be fair. Get practising your signature, just in case. As if I haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a lady of the manor. I know. Like, <laughs> Miss Lady Olivia Adelaide. Class. Oh. Olivia <laughs> Adelaide. <laughs> Norton Keynes. Yeah. I don't come from Norton Keynes. I don't know where you've caught me this from. Anyway. Beth, what have you been up to? How are you? I'm alright, yeah. Not a lot, really. Just the usual. Dealing with the brats oh. and the dog. But no, not, not too much. I thought to you be meant honest. the dog when you said the brat. No, no, no. She's the, she's the good one. <laughs> she's the good one. I meant the sprogs. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, but not too much, really. No. Kind of looking forward to countdown to half term now. Because nice. we're finally nearly in February, because January's been about four years long. Longest month ever, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, but yeah, not a whole lot. And we should probably introduce you, probably shouldn't we? So Beth's a content specialist in our content team, um, and here to talk to us today all about Google's helpful content update, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, before we come on to that, if you weren't working in marketing, what what would you do? What's the dream job? Oh, I don't know. That's really hard. I think after having kids, part of me was always a bit like, oh, I'd love to be a midwife because they're just amazing. They're mm. just like incredible. And I, I remember being afterwards being like, I can't believe these people do this job. But I was really bad at science through school, like literally so bad at science. And that's obviously really important. Mm. So um, I'd say midwife if I was good at science, but I'm sure that's something I could work on. But actually, funnily enough, I always get targeted Instagram adverts about becoming a midwife. <laughs> I'm like, it's, a sign. it's so strange. Yeah, no, it's a sign. So, um, yeah, maybe that. No, it's that's such change. a wholesome job. That is such yeah. a wholesome job. Yeah. I just don't think I'd like the shift life. Mm. That's the downside, I suppose. And all the blood. Yeah, the gunk. <laughs> I couldn't deal with the gunk. Yeah. Do you know, I'd quite, I'd quite like to be like a paramedic or a nurse, but... I can't look at needles. I can't see a needle going to someone's skin, and I can't do with blood. I'm all right on my own, but anyone else's, I can't do with it. So that kind of rules that out. And you know what? Those things that go in your hand, cannula. Cannula. Oh, I can't yeah. look at them. They make me feel really. <laughs> oh God, you're making birth <laughs> with sick burps. Yeah. So. <laughs> I can't do with Change that. Change so topic, please. Oh That's my kind God. of ruled that career out for me a little bit. Oh. I like yeah. like the helping people Stitch. element of it, but not the. Yeah, stick to digital marketing then, yeah. maybe. Not, not the needles and the blood. <laughs> <laughs> so, Google's helpful content update, what is it, Beth? Um, I mean, obviously there's plenty of um, very useful blogs about it, uh, especially on the uh... website. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like other fantastic members of the content team. But basically, it's an update um, that targets content that's been published to to rank well in search engines rather than to actually help people. So, you know, it should help people that are searching find, like, high-quality content with the answers that they actually want to, to find rather than have to sift through, like, content which claims to answer their questions but actually has just been created purely to rank well in, in the search, in the SERPs. Yeah, essentially, in a nutshell. Okay, uh, what is cool. a SERP? Search engine results page. Beautiful. Okay, cool. <laughs> 
just thought we on the spot. No, that wasn't even a test. I'm not sure what a surf was. I feel like I've used it probably just being like jargon on a call, but I yeah. never knew what it was. But yeah, you just heard other people saying it. Yeah. Imagine, what if you've yeah. been saying it totally out of context, Liz? Oh yeah, how's your day been? Oh god, it's been such a surf day. Like <laughs> it's been surfy. 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 Make that a thing. It's been a surfy day. <laughs> So um, oh, obviously this was this was initially rolled out a while back, wasn't it? And then there was like a further update in December. What is what's the difference between the initial rollout and the the December update? Yeah, so the initial rollout was in August, um, and it I think it actually just impacted like the English language. So the December update was more of like um, an ad- adaptation of the first update, and it just rolled it out globally, uh, so okay. that it can like weed out low quality content created for search engines but in all languages mm. instead um and i think as well um the update in december it added additional signals for google to look for so you know when they're trying to identify useful versus less useful content it added some additional signals mm. in for them to look for yeah so it just kind of like improved it really yeah, yeah. okay cool and if you're um if you're an advertiser or a brand, what should we should you be looking out for following these updates? Is it just drops in rankings? Is there anything more sinister yeah. than that? So obviously, like with any kind of algorithm update, you'll you'll see positive or negative effects. And like, if your website took a took a hit in August, but then you made like efforts to to improve, you you could then see your rankings climbing again. Mm. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of chat at the moment about AI, and like if you've been on that kind of chat GPT hype, like since it's come onto the scene and you've been actively using it, then you could be seeing drops uh, in rankings. Um, So, yeah, um, there's the chance that the August update did nothing, while December could have had an impact. Depends on, you know language and mm. signals that google have like improved on and things like that so essentially as long as brands have been writing content for the user rather than for the search engines then they should mm. be okay all being well um yeah so those are what brands should be looking for really are you a chat gpt user Liv? oh god i literally love it do you um, yeah like it, you know, i don't know if you've ever been on it recently but it gets full and you have to join a yeah. whitelist to get on yeah. it. Literally, my brain starts melting. I'm like, how did I live without it? And I ask it questions that I know. So, like, it's, how do I do my job? Like, it's <laughs> just crazy enough, but I feel so dependent on it now. And I know it's, you're going to have to pay for it soon or, like, they're adding a paywall behind it, but I don't know what I'll do without it because I actually love it so much. Do you use it as a managing director of ClickThrough? Um, I mean, I jumped on the hype train when it when it started. I used it to write a LinkedIn post, which um, no one realised was written by AI. It was also a load of nonsense and just proves that if you just write enough words on LinkedIn, people will hit the like button. Just like it, uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But um, no, I haven't been using it too much since, to be honest. I had a little play around when it first came out, but that, that was about it. Now oh, everyone just uses it, don't they? And it's just... Yeah. But it's all LinkedIn is, is ChatGPT. ChatGPT. Well, I saw a really hilarious LinkedIn post the other day, and it was about ChatGPT, and it was a man, and he asked AI, he was like, what is 5 plus 2? And um, AI was like, that is 7. And the man replied, and he was like, well, um, my wife says it's 8. And um, ChatGTP replied, oh, is it GT- GTP or GPT? GPT. Is it? I call it GTP, I'm such a <laughs> nan. Um, and then Chat. GPT, yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Chat GPT yeah. replied and was like, um, 
unfortunately your wife is incorrect it is the answer is seven and then the man replied and it was like i'll have you know my wife is never wrong and then it replied the ai replied and was like apologies i need to update my backlinks your wife is 100 percent correct <laughs> like it was just it was probably funny um but then someone else had put like a massive paragraph on before it's like AI is so special it's you know it's become cleverer than humans and I was like oh god I can't read that I just I'll like it for the for the for the funny picture but yeah anyway um Beth why does Google hate AI written content so much I mean like I've done quite a lot of reading about it all especially since the hype of it all and there's a lot of chat about AI kind of sweeping in and taking all of the content writers' jobs and, you know, making us redundant. And I think, like, what you can take from it is that, like, Google's always had a pretty clear stance on auto-generated content, uh, like anything AI-generated content. So it falls into that that category of like automatically generated content, which is something that they've kind of had in their guidelines since the beginning that they are against, like... They have said that if people are using machine learning tools such as Jappy Chat GPT, <laughs> it's catching <laughs> to generate content. It's it's just the same as shuffling words around, search like hitting right click and looking up synonyms, or you yeah. know doing translation tricks. So essentially, they're pretty anti AI generated content because they consider it spam. Because all it really does is searches a lot and repurposes a lot of what it finds into slightly different languages, doesn't it? It's not actually writing anything. Nah. Original. Mm. Yeah. Do you reckon it could write something originally if you asked it to? Like, can you write how many people are asking that question. That's true. Because if it's all, it's all learning, isn't it? It's so I could ask it a question and you could ask it the same question and it could essentially be... It could give us the same answer, really. Yeah. It depended on our response then to its answer yeah that's mad um, and i know re- the um sorry, oh, sorry. no no Currently, you go you go you go i was just gonna say is that why google's like getting its back up now and it's like introduced all these updates because it knows that like ai and like written ai content is like on the rise i think so yeah i think like obviously the whole point of the algorithm updates is that it's like content written for people so like google wants content written by me or you directed at a specific end user rather than the content just being written by ai for search engines like yeah yeah. so yeah that's pretty much Uh, yeah and obviously chat gpt blew up just before christmas didn't it but it's not the only ai tool out there it's not like this is a, a direct reaction to chat gpt um and google's guidelines have been pretty clear for a while haven't they but how how does someone write content in line with Google's guidelines? What what does it want you to do, and what are the benefits of writing towards the the new helpful content update? So, like I've kind of said already, but the the update it it aims to like reward content where the users have got had like a satisfying experience, where the question that they're actually searching for is answered in a way that actually helps them, um, and. I think I try and I was trying to think about a way to explain it in like less marketingy content uh, words here uh, terms. <laughs> so just say so. Yes, terms. Um, <laughs> so I think a good way of like explaining it is like by using a pub analogy. So imagine the internet goes down, or it just didn't exist anymore. Right, 
don't shit yourselves. Um, but you need to find something out still. You logically, or I logically, would head to the pub, right? <laughs> and I'd see a group of people and I'd think, right, who is going to be the most suitable person to ask that question to find out exactly what I need? And then it's about thinking about why you'd ask each of these people or why you wouldn't ask them. Okay, so you've got Dave, right? He knows a lot of stuff, but he gets most of his knowledge and information from people he met down the pub when they were half cut. So this is like a website that's got bad links and low authority. Okay, so that's something that Google would look for and think, "Mm," like, rubbish. Then you've got Bill. He knows a little bit about everything. He could probably give you a little bit of information about like brief like kind of answering the question but it's going to be basic and it's not going to properly answer your question so that's like a website which is trying to cover too many bases and is spreading themselves too thinly so again another signal google would look for is you know they're not in a niche they're not like trying to cover a niche they're just going for everything trying to cover as many bases as possible then you've got Gaz, I don't know. <laughs> he, he he's knows, a good pub names, he, these Honestly, yeah. I was trying to like think of pub names here. Right, okay, so you've got Gaz. He knows stuff about what you're asking. He's can't, he can give an answer and you'd probably believe him, but then you find out that it's from a job that he did five years ago and it might not be up to date. So that's like a website with old, outdated content. Um, and then... Finally, you've got Kevin, good old Kev. Yes, Kev. He he works in the industry, you know, he's read some books or maybe he's got a qualification in the subject. And importantly, like, he knows how to talk to people before getting too drunk, maybe. And he can answer your question without going round the houses about it in a logical, digestible manner. So, obviously, logically, you're going to go with Kevin. He's got authority. He specialises in the industry. He's clear and is you know he's informative which is exactly the same way that google would look at websites right there that's the way that they would look at the websites basically the ones that have got authority the ones that you know answer the questions that people are looking for rather than spreading themselves too thinly with old content and um you know low authority um with you know bad links to them yeah so yeah hopefully that i don't know if that makes things more confusing but we can tell you your line manager is given your given your analogy <laughs> oh, don't tell it, don't say that. <laughs> Again, this is probably showing how uh I don't want to say silly, but how silly I am about like SEO and stuff. But is there a lot of like collaboration and integration opportunity between you and SEO because you can spot those like hundred percent low yeah, yeah, like we really can't work without one another. Really, really can't. Like it'd be silly for us to to do that. Like we can improve on so much just by working together yeah. like seo can like obviously crawl a site have a look to see what backlinks there are um and you know that's why p obviously that's why we need pr as well like so that they can either rectify that or get good links get some good authority on the go um yeah so so much room for integration between the all of the organic teams two questions in one sorry so when seo back crawl a site does that basically just um like checklist every url to like seo best practices 
Like, with Google, be- Google's help? I don't know I, how it would work. I believe so. I mean, I personally haven't done any kind of, like, technical checks, yeah. so I don't know. But um, I think that's how it works. So, like, obviously, it'll crawl the site, all the URLs will come up, and then it'll show, like, any... Um, like external link like link linking and then it's just a case of like kind of checking the authority and the um uh, the like the authority score of those sites yeah but like a lot of the time as well there's so much opportunity for like um where where links are missed like where there'll be brand mentions and then they're not they're not linked to um so that's another thing to obviously consider as well improving Right. Yeah. What, ab- that way. what about Crow? <laughs> Does that like SEO and content like directly feed into to conversion rate optimization if you know something's not picking up and things like that? Yeah, I mean everything kind of it all links together and there's especially with like some recent clients like we've seen some really really good results and working with crow um just looking at like different page layout and um their use of like seeing like looking at like heat maps seeing where people are clicking and then seeing like the effect different types of content and different lengths of content and things like that the effects that they can have so yeah loads and loads of opportunity to um to integrate with crow love it yeah (laughs) um and do you reckon that you'd be able to to say like oh that content's written for someone or that content's written for to like to tick all the boxes and do you know what you would sort of like distinguish each from I think, like, obviously, being in the industry, you you can recognise it more. Like, I remember conversations just after I started, I had with um, Jordan in, in the content team, and it was funny, we were like, oh, now when you like, just reading something, like, anything on the internet, you can tell, you can literally see when it's just been, like, written for the internet, yeah. like, and not to actually help anyone. So it's really strange, like, how your your perception, like, changes. Yeah. Yeah, once you've once you've been involved in it. Are there any little telltale signs that you can spot in an article that you think that's that's just written for SEO? Yeah, like literally when it's just repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Like it won't actually say anything different. It's just literally shifting the words around to try and like ram keywords in. To be honest, um, yeah. I, I think, think I think people have got more subtle at it because back in the day, people were just used to write an article and just try and say the word as many times as humanely possible um and it it made no sense but it used to work back then um but google's getting google's getting smarter by the year aren't they and uh and filtering this stuff out i've actually just thought of a class uh analogy to back that up you ever watch dick and dom yeah. In the like, bungalow. In the bungalow. So just to just to let you know, I'm going to see that live as well. Dead excited. But do you know when they used to go to DCA Ali Bat in the like the lock the the prison room and they interviewed, yeah, and they gave like the kids a specific word to say again and again and again and then DCA Ali Bat would have to say what word it was. That's like that. Yeah. Class. Much. Yeah. Love wow. that. Love that. Hey, yeah, we've got a pub in the We've got Dick so and Dom. <laughs> Pub. Gaz, Gaz and Kev, Dom the pub. Gaz and, and Kev. Gaz, Gaz, Kev, Dick and Dom. Surfy. There we go. Surfy. So, um, <laughs> if a website's got a lot of unhelpful content on it, what's going to happen, do you think? They'll, it, it'll be, obviously they'll see negative impact, like they'll they'll be penalised mm. for it, realistically. Like, it's just, Google's getting so clever now. There's just, there's no... There's no point, really. You're just wasting your time. You might as well just 
follow the rules. Mm. Follow the rules, for goodness sake. Uh, and, um, yeah, so... OK, here's, here's a theoretical question for you. So let's say we take over a new client tomorrow. Um, this isn't in... This is off script. Um, let's say we take over a new client tomorrow and they've got a load of unhelpful content on the website. What should they do? Should, should they take it all down or should they just start writing helpful content now? Um, what's the best approach if someone's listening to this and thinks, we've done that? What's, yeah. How do you rectify it? Yeah, so, yeah, like, well, old content, outdated content, even if it's just not going to be helpful at all anyway. Like, And I think if you're going to be, if you're creating new content to replace that and it's on a similar subject, it's, I think you're, you're better off removing the old content and replacing it, obviously, with the better content. So otherwise they'll be competing against each mm. other um, and you don't want old rubbish content to be competing against this like useful new content um so yeah um what, it, it can impact the rankings of that what about if you're if you're let's say you've got 50 articles on your site that's all ai written all old yeah. all old would you take all 50 down because you can't write 50 articles no, in a day you can you would you take all 50 down or would you take them down as you put a new one up what she thinks the the best approach i mean yeah you, you don't want to be like you need. You obviously still need content on your site. Mm. You you'd still need stuff on there. Otherwise, you look like you've got absolutely. You don't know what you're talking about, do you? <laughs> like, you just got nothing. So I suppose, yeah. In that case, it'd just be looking at a way of prioritising the content that you're producing, and then, like you say, like sifting through and removing and and what and whatnot. But yeah, you hopefully wouldn't get someone that's produced 50 AI-generated pieces of content. I don't know. Some of the stuff people are banging on about on LinkedIn, it wouldn't surprise oh, me if God. people have yeah. gone crazy with I know. it. I reckon I could probably I answer this question myself as well, and it is quite a stupid one. But when you write content, or say versus, like, Jordan, yeah. can you tell, like, could you look at both pieces and say, like, okay, Jordan's is going to be more suited or mine's going to be more suited or if you put both on the site, if they're about different topics, you'd be able to point out like if I was reading it, I'd be like, that's Jordan that's Beth. Could you I think, like spot the difference? I think you can because I think, well yeah, I think you can because Jordan's got such a specific tone yeah. of voice, hasn't he? You can really tell with Jordan um, but obviously as well, it depends on the client that you're writing for and the, you know the topic and the yeah the tone of voice that you've got to take um, but I think you can tell. Yeah. Um, and do, do you think but that's... Yeah, it all depends. Is that a good thing or is it... Like, I don't want to say it's a bad thing at all because I think <laughs> everyone's got their own, like, um, like tone style. of voice and stuff and style. Yeah. But do you, what do you think, like, when you're looking at a website, do you think it should all be in one or do you reckon it's good to have that variation? No, I think it depends on the topic completely. So, like, for instance, some of our one of our clients has got like different areas of the blog. So one is more scientific, um, and whereas another one might just be a little bit more. It's like the softer content. Um, so I think you can. You need the same. T like you need the same um, style and tone of voice, but it can just be. It, it's just slightly different depending People's on the topic. People's interpretations of that, yeah. Yeah. So you, you both have, got you the same one goal. full of emojis and, and no. abbreviations, <laughs> and then the next not, can you? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then a bit more of a like a, a meaty question. So Google's algorithm update is mostly machine learning. So there is a chance that like websites with un unhelpful content could still perform well on their content if it's written with people first in mind. Is that is that right? Is that a 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So if so, if there are other signals identifying that people first content is helpful and relevant to a query, like the, the signals are weighted. So, like sites with lots of unhelpful content might notice a stronger effect, whereas like Google states like for the best success, just make sure you've removed like unhelpful content and stuff like that. So I don't know if that answers that question. It was a meaty question. It was a meaty question. Yeah. Maybe you just have to say to chat GPT, please write some content about this with the user in mind and then you've cracked the, oh, crack the code. No? Crack the code. Wow. <laughs> Get a LinkedIn post about that on, Chris. So long as it's, so long as it's like two paragraphs long, people, people will like it. Absolutely guaranteed exactly. regardless of what it says. <laughs> Um, Stick a couple of emojis on there. That's it, yeah. No one actually <laughs> reads what you write. They just see it's long and hit like. Yeah. Um, so if you had to pick out some key advice for people writing content in 2023, what would it be? Um, so, I mean, it goes back to the uh, the pub, I suppose. Yes. Um, be more Kev. Always be more Kev, yeah, exactly. So, like, don't stray too far from your main topic. Don't try and cover too many bases. Just try and stick to your niche because that's what people are going to you for. They want that expertise and they want that, like, you know, um, yeah, honest like, ad- advice, I suppose, and knowledge. Um, make sure you're answering questions properly um don't claim that you can you're answering it in your title Mm. and your your you know your headings and then vaguely say oh we you don't you don't really know you've got to answer the questions properly don't i mean you've got to make sure the user experience is nice so it's like goes back to crow um i suppose a little bit where content and crow can work nicely together you've got to make sure that that user experience is nice on the page and yeah, essentially, just demonstrate your your expert expertise and kind of show them that you know what you're talking about. I, yeah. I thought you were going to wheel out the Ten Commandments then, Beth. No, sorry, no, no, no. just 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 the four, the just actual the four. ones, or uh, just Have like you not seen Jordan's Ten Commandments Jordan's of content Ten writing. Commandments. Yeah, uh, look at the time. Um, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Love you, Jordan. I'll read it. I promise. Um, well, changing the subject. Oh, the subject. Um, as a content writer, then as a content team, it must be dead difficult if if you get like a niche client on board. So like, here it's saying about bespoke leather handbags, but like even mm-hmm. nicher than that. So I remember mm. I went to like a, a comedy gig, got chatting to the couple next door, and he was like, "What do you do?" And I was like, "Oh, social media marketing." He was like, "Oh, you can help me then." And I was like, "Okay, what do you sell?" And he was like, um, "Grade R um, insulative cladding for like oh. ten-story buildings." He was like, "How would you do that?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't know," but like, how would you approach oh. a, a super, super duper niche client that you don't have a clue about? And is it a difficult? Uh, yeah I mean no definitely like so part of being a content writer is that you need to have pretty good research skills um you've got to be able to um utilize like the client's knowledge and what they share with you um as well as like any existing content that they've already got on their page as well to your advantage really um it's so much more than just writing yeah um so I think I mean, across the board, like you've just said, it happens in in your in your side of the world as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just such a common misunderstanding that we just sit here 
and we just tap away and it's easy because it's not (laughs) and it's really hard to understand some things like you know some of the clients that we've got it's really technical and you've really really got to dive into some research to make sure that you are providing content that answers the user's question like yeah yeah do you it's tricky do you find that um like you're you in yourself you like feel a lot more not clever but you feel a lot more knowledgeable (laughs) a lot about a lot of different things because you've had to research a lot of things for clients yeah yeah like yeah i suppose i hadn't really thought about it but i suppose so you know an expert on lots of random topics oh so much random random stuff i love that I literally live for that. Like, as soon as I tap into one of the topics, yeah. I'd be like, I know this, and I know this, I and know. I know this. Like, it's I don't know. I just need, like, it to come up in, like, a pub quiz. Yes. Because I'm so rubbish at them. I just need them to just talk to me about, like, <laughs> some of the things that I've researched. Do you, um... Sorry, asking loads of questions. Go on. When... So, like, let's say we've just signed my friend from the comedy club who's um, makes great art installation for 10-storey buildings. In that, like, pitch process, obviously, we'll be pitching ourselves as professionals and we know, like, yeah. a lot about you. When you go through that process, would, would there be sort of, like, another level of honesty with content because you have to say, like... Oh, yeah. never written about it before and and yeah do you find this that quotes like that the well? data side yeah like the, this is where like the data side of things comes in because obviously you can't promise that you're experts in everything at pitch process at pitch stage can you you know you'd you'd be lying so it's just a case of kind of taking a, a closer look into the data and saying like this is what you've got this is what we can do and then it's just building on that. So obviously, initially, we'd be working on what they've already got rather than going about starting and jumping in both feet first into creating new content because we need to wrap our heads around what's already there to be able to know how we can build on it and how we can improve things. Yeah. Lovely. Cool. I, yeah. I fell foul of this exact topic myself a few years ago. So a few years ago, I tried to create a website basically to become an Amazon affiliate um, and I wrote this article and I posted it in a group it was either on Quora or Reddit and it was, only, it was about a topic I only had like a passing interest in and I got absolutely ripped apart on there really? <laughs> like, my knowledge was just absolutely exposed as being not good enough um, yeah so I can first hand appreciate how knowledgeable you have to become on a subject to write about it otherwise you will get ripped apart because people love telling you you're wrong on the internet don't they so oh they love it i can 100 <laughs> empathize there beth because yeah, yeah i got destroyed um, and gave up on yeah. the site about two months later because <laughs> couldn't make it work do you know what though i'm gonna say it right i think that is something that chat gpt is useful for it if if you don't understand something or if it's something that's just really confusing and when you're googling and you're reading and it's just like quite technical and it might just be like just really confusing stuff yeah Yeah, that is something that you can use it for you can literally ask it to explain something Mm. as if you were like a 10 year old and it and it will and it it could be very very basic and you'll still need to build on it and you'll still need to do that further research into those more confusing topics but once you've got that kind of base level of knowledge explained to you like I've just tried to do with that pub analogy mm. like it 
it can just it can help it can help in that in that sense. It reminds so, me of that scene in. Um, have you seen Road Trip? I know we're going back a few years now. Road Trip. You know, it gets into explaining philosophy trip. like it's the WWF. It, no. no. What I think the World Wildlife should... Fund? Well, it's, it was called the wrestling. Oh. <laughs> have you seen oh. the film? Do you know what I'm on about? <laughs> Basically, the end of the film. Were you thinking of pandas? Yes. <laughs> At the end of the film, right. He's got to get back to college and he's got to pass his test or he flunks out of school and he gets his friend to teach him, I think it's philosophy, but he teaches it to him as if it's wrestling. So he's like, oh, um, Aristotle is like the Vince McMahon of, you know, so you could get chat PT. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try chat GPT explaining something in terms of world WWF. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not nice. pandas. Not pandas. I mean, it's no, definitely got its uses, hasn't it? Like... When I was messing about with it, obviously writing articles, they're all they're a bit samey and they're they're very surface level. But um, I thought a good use for it was like ideation. If you want yeah. to say like, give mm-hmm. give me some topics to some topic ideas for writing about getting a better night's sleep, and it just spat out ten ideas that obviously you then need to put some work into and, and research. But it was quite good for that respect. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the writing side of it was pretty shallow and it just tended to... I mean, it did keyword stuff in, let's be honest. It just says the same thing in three different paragraphs in slightly different ways. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, um, there's definitely uses, isn't there? But, um, so Beth, do you think this the update came out at the right time, given the, the significant use of, of AI? Yeah, yeah. I think there was, like, a lot of talk um, by people who like to position themselves as, like, marketing gurus, like, predicting that 2022 and 2023 would change content marketing and make copywriters redundant, like I was just saying about, you know, everyone going around saying, like, oh, these can do your job, so, you know, you're going to be out of a job. But um, Google has, like, kind of shut those down. And I think, um, you know, the rollout of the helpful content update did help with that as well because it is shutting down those more, you know, spammy AI-generated pieces and websites that are using AI. If it makes you feel any better, there's been people predicting the death of SEO for about 15 years and have (laughs) have never been right yet, so... No, it seems, no. it seems like a popular thing to try and predict, and you're almost always wrong. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would take all of that with like a, a scoop full of salt. Like, I get so much stick given to me from people in the office, Joe Wheeler. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, basically just every single day ripping ripping it out of me saying I'm going to be out of a job um, yeah another culprit is Lee Satchwell oh. which I've, I have told him I'm sure there's already systems out there that can take notes for this <laughs> so, there are transcribing yeah. tools yeah absolutely exactly so yeah but yeah do you know what I think I, I, there's, I don't mind. there's always a sense of automation though because we are in like a really fast moving working environment so like Social PP, like PPC, actually, like mainly with like PMAX. I am the corporate who says to Alex and like Jack Fisher, You aren't going to be working at this agency for <laughs> two years because you're not going to have anything to do. But I just think it's just it's not a natural thing to do. But like, if you do, if you do like taking the mic, there's so many like just soft spots that you yeah. can go in from everyone's specialism. There well, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think our job has evolved over the years to just better manipulate technology 
Yeah, that, 100%. That you yeah. always need someone that can manipulate the technology, regardless of how well automated something might be. There's still got to be someone that knows how to do it and knows how to pull the levers and, and set the settings up, isn't there? So I think that's going to continue being the case for a while. And I think, like, on chat... Sorry, I'll just keep, keep going on about this, but, like, on chat GPT, like, I think, I think it's something that... I mean, it's everywhere. Literally, like you say, you can't go on LinkedIn without reading 20 posts about it. But it's something that's just not going to go away. Mm. And you might they might put a paywall behind it, but then there'll be another one that comes out or, you know, things will develop and it, will, it won't go away. So it's completely pointless to ignore it. And I'm all for, like, working smarter, not harder. Exactly. I really am. So where we can use tools to help us then why wouldn't you like I just don't understand why you wouldn't so you know we'd use like answer the public or you know people also ask like, mm. on google and you know loads of other tools so I don't know why we wouldn't use chat gpt in a similar way like you've said it could be used for topic research ideation essentially just like a starting point for loads of things Is we're you, not yeah. We're not content machines, are we? Yeah, Yeah, like, that's it. It searches, it it uses, you know, it learns from search and from the internet, and we take advice and initial research from things Mm. like those places that I just mentioned. So I don't know why we wouldn't use this any differently. Obviously, you've got to take it with... You've got to put your own spin on things, but, like, loads of the stuff that I've read about has been about what you put into it how good how good of a question and the prompt that you put into it is the value it will affect the value of what you get out of it mm. sort of thing um so yeah it's about using it smartly isn't it and unfortunately there'll be people that come along and use it lazily and that's why yeah. things like these updates have to come out <laughs> Liv, put a hand up for those people. Hand up. no i'm not lazy with it yeah. but i just uh I do ask it questions that I just don't need to ask, but I just like to, to like reaffirm my own knowledge. So it's like, how do I set up a convert campaign on social, which I've been doing for three years, but I've just been like, okay, cool, I'm doing it right. Just, just to double check. Right. Just to double check. It'd be interesting yeah. to see how many people are that invested in it that they pay for it when it goes behind a payroll, paywall, won't it? Because ev- everyone's on the bandwagon at the moment, but. Do you reckon we. Invest in it as an agency. Do you, do do you guys see like the value in it, like separating it from the conversation that we're having, which I know is not probably the best thing to do because we're on a podcast to talk about it. But like, do you see the value that it offers across other things as well, or would you be like, no, we can just do it without it? Um, I don't know. There's, there's definitely value. In, there's definite value in it, isn't it? If you use it in the right way, if you use it as like a a thought starter or a yeah if you're trying to use it to replace your whole thought process you're going to go quite badly wrong but if you use it to more for inspiration i think there's definite value in it you know like we run ideation sessions quite a lot don't we you could just before you turn up to one of those like right give me 10 ideas for a parcel delivery company campaign during the world cup and it will give you 10 and you can turn up to the ideation and sound like you've put loads of thought into it but then also you doing that will and just saying that one idea can spark something in someone else. So exactly. you know, it it's not it's the, it's the start stupid. point, isn't it? It's not the whole process. Yeah. I think that's the key thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so I know that well, well we just had um, a little wormhole into chat GTP chat GTP. Jesus, I'm actually <laughs> such a crowd. GPT. About 
like everything that it can do but is there anything that you specifically use it for or are you like not not on it yet i've like i i've played around with it like i've done something similar that like to chris like i wrote a linkedin post using it um like i tweaked it and i I, like changed it so it it sounded more like me but i've used it for for things like idea generation just like and like i just said before about having something explained to me in really simple terms because some of our clients are really like technical and sometimes you just need something explaining to you like you're an idiot and then from that you can build on that um so I have used it for things like that I personally wouldn't I wouldn't use it to write content I just I just think Mm. but I can I can like I can see why people would and for instance obviously we'd we for a client we would optimize existing content that's on their site who are we to know whether that was created by ai or by someone their end we aren't to know really so i can see why people would use it mm. and how they could get away with it and but how we are still needed yeah 100%. You know? yeah and what are some of the ways that you think Google's machine learning will be able to tell whether content's been written by AI or not? So there's been a few research papers from last year when researchers tested that if different algorithm testers could identify, like, computer-generated text by looking out for, like, synonym usage and misspellings and other strategies. Um, And there's also talk about invisible watermarking to make the use of AI more ethical ethical um i don't know like a huge amount about this but yeah so um i think it's something to do with like specific punctuation usage or word choice like shows showcasing that it was ai generated without having an input impact on the output i think um but again like i'd need to i'd need to do some more like digging into that but yeah so has there's things going on in the background yeah Yeah. has um has google said anything like specifically about um like how we use ai other than like the watermark and stuff so like i don't know have have they released any guidelines or anything um so they've they've said that like using ai to summarize like a web page for like meta descriptions like isn't against guidelines so i suppose that they've said that there's things that you can use it for Mm. um but they are you know they have got quite a clear stance on other you know the other ways of using ai generated content like i said right at the start like they've always had in their guidelines that anything that's auto generated is considered spam um but yeah, so there's potential use for it in terms of in Google's eyes, so like meta descriptions and also things like social and PPC copy. Um, although I'd use it alongside like our minds yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so yeah. And obviously I, I don't suppose that it, it, it can hurt to do it, use it, to use it to do research as well, like mm. we've just been saying. So, yeah. Google are, um, are coming up... Is it Google or Microsoft? I can't remember. But they're coming up with their own AI tool called Sparrow, aren't they? Or Crow or something. Didn't Google launch theirs at the weekend? What, yeah, was I think, it? I think so. Do you yeah. reckon that that will come with, like, let's use it, use it, use it, like, more of an inclusive stance because it's their product, or do you reckon it'll still be the same? Um, I don't know, you know. 
Um, I suppose it'll. I don't know how it. I don't know how their one will work. Will it be more like integrated into just Google? Like, is it going to be an easier, more accessible tool to use? Like, you're not having to go away from Google to use it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't done the research. I, I haven't looked at it properly, to be honest. But yeah. I suppose if it is there and it's easy for people, then a lot of Google's to tools are to stop people going away from Google, aren't they? Away. So it would probably be integrated i can't see them changing the guidelines like though because no it's still ai isn't it it's it's yeah. not like it's not like the guidelines are chat gpt specific it's, it's ai specific so i think they recognize it's got its uses but i don't think they'll change their stance that writing whole articles using ai is good i still don't think they'll change that um so I think I know the answer to this question from our conversation so far. But if a business is looking at utilising an AI tool for its content, what advice would you give to them? Uh, avoid it. <laughs> Use it. Just avoid it. Just like Google have wanted people for years to use their expertise, their authority and their trustworthiness and the fact that they're rolling out things like the helpful content update to try and weed out the auto-generated unhelpful content is just a massive part of that so you know if you want people to connect with the information that they're looking for and rather than using ai generated content that's not necessarily truthful or accurate like Mm. you should just be writing your own content you are i know like i've said like you can't you can't be experts in a load of different things but if you are a specific business like you should have a level of knowledge mm. that you can give to people and if you don't then use something like chat gpt to do the initial bit of research mm. and then build on it exactly as we we do mm. so yeah cool well it's only time to wrap up um yeah. before we do though we have to subject you to Liv's random question. Oh, no, no guest gets away from this. <laughs> it's actually lovely today. It's really it's lovely. It's, okay. it's a five-in-one, um, but they're only little. So it's about okay. like your senses. So I was thinking, like, if you, when I was t- like taught how to write a nice story, you'd have to explain like how you see things, how you, what the smells like, what the feelings like. So I was just going to ask you, what your favourite thing is to look at, what your favourite feeling is, what your favourite sound is, your favourite taste and your favourite smell. But we can go for a mix more on time. What's your favourite oh thing to look goodness. at? <laughs> oh, um, oh, Jack O'Connell. Oh, yeah. He's fit. Yeah. <laughs> Should Can't I know believe that. He's from, is he cook from Skins? He is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah, he is. Have you ever watched Skins? Skins? Um... I feel like I have, you know. Is it really old? It's really yeah. old. I prefer him in Lady Chatterley's Lover. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet, but I've, uh, I've seen bits. <laughs> well, I've seen bits. I sound like a perv. <laughs> you do sound like a dirty old perv now. The Skins <laughs> the one where the kid out of, um, about a boy was in it. Yes. Is that Skins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. used to watch Skins. Yeah, I used to like it. But he's from second gen, not Nicholas Holt gen. Right, okay. I only, yeah. watched, I only watched Generation 1 of Skins, I'm afraid. Nice. Sexy man, yeah. though. Very sexy man. Yeah, very Love sexy that. man. Yeah. Um, Mr. Massey's going to be listening, shaking, crying <laughs> in tears. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what's your you won't listen to this point. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite feeling? Um, ooh. I think there's a, oh, there's a couple. 
I mean, they're very different. I like it. You know, after you've like been for a run yeah. and you really hated every single second of it, yeah. and then afterwards there's that, I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. That feeling. Yeah, and also, good. the second one would be probably after like two glasses of wine. Yes. <laughs> Just love when that feeling. When your eyes are warm. Yeah. Just love that feeling. Love that. <laughs> um, what's your favourite sound? Mm. Ooh. That's cringe but probably the kids laughing oh that's lovely yeah that's lovely yeah proper, you know when they proper belly laugh yeah that that's the best that's class love that yeah um what's your favorite taste wine yes nice cool just wine yeah uh, and what's your favorite smell Ooh. uh oh that's really hard don't know like Fresh bed sheets. Yes. 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 Like that. fresh bed sheets. Or like when you've got washing on the radiator and yes. it smells really nice in your house. Love that. That's pr- pretty good. Love that. Yeah. Chris, yeah. what about you? What's your favourite thing to look at? Your favourite feeling? Your favourite taste, sound, smell? Okay. <clears throat> look at, I'm going to go sunset. I like Beautiful. a good sunset. Um, what was the next one? Smell. Uh, feeling. Feeling. Well... Linked to bed, my favourite feeling is when you get in a bed with, like, nice, clean bedding on. Yes. I love that's, that. That's my favourite sound, when, like, all the sheets are crispy oh. and you can hear them on your ears, like, just as you go to sleep. Oh, or, or as a second, sitting in front of a nice warm fire and a cold nice. day. I like the warmth of it. Um, what's the next question? Here, uh, here I'm going to copy Beth, listen to the kids laugh. Like, yeah. Grace has got a right yeah. dirty laugh. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sid James laugh. Not, not quite like that, no. But, um, <laughs> bit, bit cuter than that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you started laughing like that, we'd have sent her away by now. Um, nice. Taste. Smell, I'm going to go or either smell. petrol. Yeah. Uh, I love the smell of petrol. Or cut grass. No. Yeah. Yeah, grass. Or the two together That's when you just use your petrol lawnmower to cut the grass. Nice. Have I missed one? Was there any more? Oh, taste, mini eggs. Taste. Easy. Mini eggs. Oh, yeah. I love a mini yeah. egg. They're selling massive bags in Tesco's at the minute. Oh, Hashtag not got, allowed. I've, I've gone through about 10. Have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were in the shops on Boxing Day, weren't they? So you know what, I, yeah. I had one, yeah, as soon as they were available. Class. How about you, Liv? Tell us yours. To look at um, clouds. I love clouds, like Toy Story clouds. I think they're really lovely. Um, feeling... Uh, when you shoot your laptop sorry sorry, work, <laughs> yeah. but I just, it's just a nice feeling like on a Friday you had a great week you're excited for the weekend you've got stuff on and then you shoot your laptop and you think okay cool like that's that now and I'll, and I'll go and do that um, there is lots of other things that I like but that was just one that I could think of on the spot um, well, what about the feeling of waking up on a Saturday and realising it's Saturday yeah. I did that feeling. on Friday this night weekend. I had a little bit of a nap and then like I woke up and I was like oh I've got work tomorrow and I was like no we haven't yes <laughs> oh. <this> class. <laughs> um, sound I don't have kids so can't say kids laughing but um, oh actually no it's my dog's little snoring snorts like he goes <laughs> like when he goes to sleep and it actually breaks my little heart a dog snoring um, is a nice sound it like is it. it's so or a cat's purr like I just no, think no any... cats get cats no out. don't like cats no um, taste is mac and cheese or just or just dirty food just like anything cheesy yes. I think oh, like God. fondue yeah oh. just class the feeling in your mouth the taste everything it's just flavour sensation and then smell 
it's really rogue i've got two either the smell of dog's paws or dog's like puppy breath i love it like i could just like go just i know what you mean about dog's paws i sniff the dog's paws all the time i love yeah. it yeah well, Ellie's like, what are you doing? Feet. Oh no, they <laughs> no, smell they like don't. popcorn or like <laughs> crackers or something. Like it's just, I love it. Um, in fact, I've got three actually. That fake tan, love the smell of fake tan, just biscuity. Or when so like my dad used to have it, and now Ellis has it. When like they come back from work and the hands smell like just labour. <laughs> it's just dead weird. <laughs> but like I'm like, I just I love the smell. Of, the smell of a day's hard work. Yeah. Yeah, that's really weird. A um, sweaty palm. Yeah, I love a sweaty palm. Sweaty palm, a sweaty dog's paw. Yeah, anything sweat. In fact, I just love sweat. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. On that note, I think that brings us to the end of another episode, doesn't it, thankfully? Um, this episode's been a bit like Skynet versus the human resistance for any fans of Terminator. Have you two... Do you know what that one means, since you missed my road trip reference? I know what Terminator is. I don't know what that reference is, but... No. no idea. No, no idea. No. Sorry. Showing your age. Showing your age. Well, Regan wrote this and he's a lot younger than me, so oh, oh. that's my defence on that one. Um, but we're probably quite far from, quite far away from that kind of reality. If you enjoyed this episode, please delve into our back catalogue for more expert insight and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Positive reviews are also appreciated. We'll be back next month as we breeze past Valentine's Day with another episode and exciting guest. See you soon. <laughs>